we're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. That's one of the most beautiful sounds in the world. The elk are bugling, and we're going to talk about it today. Some seasons just wrapping up. Bow season in Arizona ended a day or two ago. Bows and muzzle loaders still open in other states. And rifle season yet to come. People are chasing doves, and cooler weather has boats back out on the water a little more as well. Welcome to the Camp House. This is Kinder Outdoors from the Vineyards Campground and Cabins on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. Front door to the Camp House brought to you by Calming Care from my friends at Purina. Purina Veterinary Diets, really smart folks that make our dogs' lives better. Calming care for the overactive dog, the overbarker, the overjumper. Not a drug, all natural, works over time, and you're going to love it. Learn more about calming care when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. And that's like kindergarten, K-I-N-D-E-R, kinderoutdoors.com. We're going to travel around a little bit today. We're going to talk to Larry Wysoon, my old buddy, Mr. Whitetail. Larry Wysoon cut his teeth on whitetail deer here in Texas, but has hunted elk, I guess, just about everywhere that elk live. He's got some really fond early memories of elk hunters and elk hunting. We're going to pick his brain a little bit, too, about hot weather, early season elk hunting. John Bonnell, our master chef, is also a very accomplished hunter. He's hunted all over the world, and he actually took a big bull elk in Texas. No, not under a fence. A native herd exists in Texas. You got to know where to go. Got to work a little bit to get there. John took his pistol there and was successful on a big, beautiful bull. We'll talk to him about that. Master Chef John Bonnell in the camp house today. Also, I want to talk to Corey Mason, CEO of the DSC, Dallas Safari Club. No, not any particular conservation topic. I just want to know, he's a really smart guy. I, I respect Corey a lot. He's level-headed, a sound thinker, really grounded. I want to know what bothers him in the hunting, fishing, conservation, preservation areas of our heritage. What bugs him? He's kindly agreed to join us in the camp house today. And I'm glad you're here, too. Grab yourself a hot cup of coffee and make yourself at home around our crackling fire. I'm glad you're in camp with us today at Kinder Outdoors. I want to start with a conversation with my old hunting buddy, Pete Delkus. You and I have run bird dogs across a lot of country together, Pete. And some of that has been beautiful country that those birds cohabitate along with those big, beautiful elk. There are some critters, and we've talked about this before with trout. They don't live in ugly places. We've talked about uh, critters in the past, and elk are one of those that typically live in a beautiful place. A lot of times, that's the mountains. Oh, it is. I tell you what, and wh whether you go, uh, you know, the southern Rockies, the central or the northern Rockies, I mean, it is all gorgeous country. Yeah, it absolutely is. You have an elk hunt, one of your elk hunts that you can remember that really kind of stands out in your memory? Well, my first one that I that I took really stands out. It was um, 
it was a, a deal that I booked through Cabela's. I didn't know where to go or what to do. And, you know, I trust Cabela's. And so I booked a hunt through them. And it was in the Bighorn Mountains of Wyoming. Mm. <clears throat> and it was, it, it was, it was a great trip. I, I flew out there. And the only problem was, you know, you get out there to this, this gorgeous country where they don't allow any motorized vehicles on this hundred and some thousand acre ranch. And uh, it was a horseback hunt. So we leave early that morning, you know, where we've got like an hour and a half ride in the dark. It was just gorgeous, crystal clear, cool morning. And uh, I get out there, and within the first hour of daylight, I shot my elk. <laughs> no kidding, man. That's fairy tale stuff. Was it September? Were they bugling? It, they, it, it was October, early October. They were still bugling a little bit, but it was this, this large herd on this uh, private ranch. And, uh, you know, it was awesome. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you go, you hunt, uh, you know, hunts after that, you go and you, you have a hard time shooting anything, let alone a nice trophy. So, you know, I'm certainly happy to shoot it on the first hour of the first day. But then I had, you know, six more days of, of nothing to do. I just wanted to be a, a, a wrangler for the rest of the week and help out and hang out in camp. Hey, can I shoot another one, guys? I've got time here. So tell me about this. Uh, the, the, how far was your shot? How big was your elk? Tell me about it. It was it was a non-typical, and I didn't realize it at the time. Still real happy with it. It scored just a little over 300, so it was real nice elk. It's hanging up in my game room, and uh, uh, we, we we crested this hill because we could hear the elk uh, bugling. So we crested this hill, and we got we were hiding in the uh, in the trees, and we just sat there for almost an hour waiting. You know, just looking this herd over, trying to pick out the right one. So I, I, I got to say, there wasn't a whole lot of hunting involved in this. Uh, the guy just put me in the right place at the right time. He had done all the legwork. I guess he had that uh, elk maybe tied to a tree and waiting on you or something, huh? I don't know that it was tied. It wasn't tied and it didn't have a tag in its ear. I can tell you that when I shot it. That's for sure. <laughs> My old hunting buddy, the weatherman, <laughs> Pete Delcus. He's got some great bird dogs, great Britneys, loves Britneys. Uh, hey, listen, come see me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R, and take a look at that Pennsylvania elk cam coverage of a pasture that's just likely to see a big bull elk show up from time to time. You can hear them bugling and enjoy the elk without ever leaving home. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Fortiflora, America's number one canine probiotic because it works. Fortiflora. This is Michael Waddell. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. After Red Stick 1, outdoor author Ken Kirkaby's sequel, Red Stick 2, is a must-read. Virgil Clary is sent to South America, where he uses his unique tracking skills to find an American engineer abducted by revolutionaries. Kirkus Reviews says, assured writing, a locomotive plot, and nonstop suspenseful action in a series that shows no signs of slowing down. Ken Kirkaby is an outdoor writer that truly lives the outdoors, and his books are all available on Amazon. Pigs, white-tailed deer, exotics, livestock. The pros at Tejas Ranch Fence have long-lasting answers. Fences today that we're building are wires have warranties of 20, 25 years. But the coatings that we're using on fences today are triple the protection of coatings that were used 25 years ago. Protect your investment with the very best. Learn more at TejasRanchFence.com.
When you drop your wild game off at Cinnamon Creek Ranch Wild Game Processing, go ahead, order up your ground meat and breakfast sausage. But don't stop there. We worked on a taco meat for three years to where women and kids would eat it, and a chili that we make now where you just take these things home and just throw them in a crock pot or fry them in a pan and they're ready to go. Our tamales are probably hands down to anyone's. They're double meat and, you know, masa and they're simple and they're and they're we just can't make them fast enough they're fully cooked all you got to do is poke two or three holes in the bag that we give them to you in and throw them in the microwave for three and a half minutes aside and it's like we just pulled them out of our steamer the day we made them these items have become staples in our home robin's favorite is the taco meat i'm partial to the tamales and what a feast when we put it all together for friends and family Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing, just north of Fort Worth, about a mile from Cabela's as the crow flies. CinnamonCreekRanch.com If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, Never duplicate it. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. Wing shooting in Argentina is an activity that must be experienced rather than explained. Dove are considered to be a plague in the area, so there are no bag limits, and there are no seasons to hunt them. We've got 20 million birds on the roost. And they're there 365 days a year. They're there every day, all day. They fly eight hours a day, every day. At Cordoba Doves, you'll enjoy delicious food, exceptional hospitality, beverages in the field, your own personal bird boy. Bird boy's job is to pour shells in your bag uh, when you're going through a box every five minutes and keep count of the birds that you've shot and to bring you something to drink every few minutes. At the end of the day, we pick up all the holes and pick up the birds, but you can't send him out to pick up birds at six or eight hundred times a day. Experience the very best that Argentina has to offer through Cordoba Doves. Contact the U.S. Representative Lane Balky at CordobaDoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of JJ Caseria. Can see me in Argentina. Our office doesn't look out over the lake, it is the lake. This is Kinder Outdoors. I proudly talk about Fortiflora, the canine probiotic from my friends at Purina, because I've used it for years and years and years with my dogs, and it just flat works. If you have a bird dog, that long travel, those long days hunting, changes in water, changes in routine, all of that can bring on GI upset. So, when you hit the road this fall, make sure you've got the best feed possible plenty of water from home comfortable bedding and safe transport and fortiflora 
from the trusted name Purina. I have asked Corey Mason, the CEO of the Dallas Safari Club, to join me on the show today because, hey, I always, A, number one, Corey, I enjoy your company. I always enjoy our conversations. And you're a really smart guy. I like to pick your brain a little bit about things, and I'm going to do that some today. Thanks for being here. Good to be with you, Billy. Have you caught any crappie lately? I'm a little embarrassed to give you the answer. Uh-oh. Hey, I told you a long time ago, it's a big job. Don't let it get in the way of the fishing pole. You know, I have let word get in the way of getting outdoors. I'm embarrassed, but I'm hoping to change that in the coming days. Fall's coming right around the corner. Do you have big plans? You know, I have a couple of trips. I have a Colorado elk hunt with my dad in October. Oh, how cool is that with your dad? I'm super excited for that. And uh, I have hopefully several dates in the field with my daughter taking her deer hunting. Yeah, I know that's been that's been your Hunting and fishing over the past number of years has been watching uh, Kate grow up in, in your footsteps, and I'm with you. I get it, man. That's It just doesn't get any better than that. And I want to talk to you a little bit about um, conservation, uh, the youth coming up in our footsteps. Um, maybe it's the folks that are fighting against what we do every day. What concerns you as you sit back in your chair at the end of the day What's on top of your mind? Boy, this really bugs me. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that question. It's one of those things that I sort of sit with a lot as I travel. And, you know, you so when, you're, when you're alone with your thoughts, it's those challenges that we face. You know, and some of those that I think probably really sit on me most heaviest are when we have decision makers at the state and most specifically at the federal level right now that are making policy decisions that are not based on good information, good science, and that are not being directed by the stakeholders, meaning it's not the conservation community or those that are actually managing wildlife or participating in conservation efforts. Rather, it's a it's a very silent or very vocal minority, I should say, rather, that they're sort of running from, unfortunately, and, it, and it's not involving the right people in the process. You know, I, and it seems to me like that problem is growing bigger and bigger, and they're getting louder and louder. Uh, through the years, we've watched things like grizzly bears and wolves and, and different situations like that that have been governed by emotion and totally ignoring state and federal science that's gone into to, uh, the keeping of these critters, keeping healthy numbers. You know, we... We as an organization, DSC, we spend a lot of time in front of these policymakers and, and governing bodies like the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and some state game and fish commissions. And working with those organizations in the state-level DNRs, we've even seen this creep into the composition of commission members. And so there's a number of states out there that we're working with and the collective organization of the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies in which they're looking and trying to get basically some assistance because now they're seeing appointments from governors, etc., to wildlife commissions that are not supportive of sustainable use and legal regulated hunting. So this creep is becoming more than a creep. It's kind of a movement. And so DSC and some other organizations are really addressing that head on right now. Yeah. Hey, let me, let's talk about Africa for just a minute. There's a lot of uh, anti-hunting sentiment aimed at Africa, but I talk to people in Africa. I visit with outfitters. I talk with people over there often. They're the people of Africa are not the ones that are fighting the hunting. Where are those people? Who are they? Yeah, that never comes from the rural indigenous people because they see the benefits. They see in those hunting countries that they comprise 80-plus percent of the elephant populations in the world. You know, they maintain the large carnivores in those countries because they have healthy ecosystems. Those voices that are opposed come from 
uh, major metropolitan areas in the United States, specifically Washington, D.C., California is a state. I hate to use a broad brush there, but state-level politics there are very negative against sustainable utilization and conservation efforts. And then much of the European Union is, is the same sentiment. They're very opposed to legal regulated hunting. Your daughter, my granddaughter, other kids that we are in contact with all the time, they have the same passion and love for what we do, our heritage that you and I had growing up. Uh, but we're not seeing as many kids get involved these days. Does that concern you? It certainly does. And it's one of those discussions that we have, again, with the game and fish agencies that have the opportunity, I think, to have the most direct and immediate impact on getting people outdoors. If it's the adult that has the opportunity then to mentor the youth outdoors, which sometimes those barriers can be real and or perceived, but if there's a barrier there to help, you know, move it, remove it. Um, but as well as the number of kids that are not participating in the out-of-doors, you know, you and I both make those individual impacts in taking kids that we know and certainly make sure that our, our young ladies that are around us that are getting outdoors, uh, but, it's, but it is certainly concerning as we see license. You know, on the other end, we see a little bit of a diminishing number there, but on the other side, we see an increase in the number of uh, adult women that are getting outdoors. So that's super encouraging, you know. So there's, there are some positive steps there, too. Yeah, take a kid hunting with you. Take a neighbor kid hunting. Uh, don't be afraid to ask uh, someone's parents, hey, I'm going out dove hunting. Can can I take your your son or your daughter or your grand grandchild along? More than likely, they'll appreciate it. Might might even want to go uh, go along with you. Um, I appreciate the good work Dallas Safari Club does and the foundation as well. What are some things that uh, DSCF is involved in right now uh, that that's top of mind? You know, it's super exciting time right now for the foundation. So we just finished a fundraising event, but actually, Billy, we have our first. Uh, granting cycle uh, review for the year. So that's a super exciting time. So we get to go through as a grant committee all of those that have been received and we start looking at then mission allocation of dollars out. You know, we're going to, where are we going to prioritize dollars to make the best conservation impact? So that's a super exciting time and we get to put all those dollars that are raised right back out to mission fulfillment. Looking to raise some big dollars at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center coming up in January. People don't need to be confused. The DSC Convention and Sporting Expo is in Dallas this January. That's correct. In Dallas, January 11 through 14, and we look forward to seeing everybody there. Corey, always good to see you, buddy. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate it. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute. A focus on people that make a difference. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not into school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at KinderOutdoors.com. Got an email from Matt Carter the other day. Matt is with the 
Texas Trappers and Fur Hunters Association, and they're going to have their annual get-together at the Gatesville, Texas Civic Center. Gatesville, out kind of southwest of Waco. Instructors from across the nation offering free of charge different wildlife management techniques. If you have an interest in trapping, you've never been a fur taker, but you'd like to try it out, this is the place to be. October 6 and 7, coming up October 6 and 7 at the Gatesville Civic Center. If you need more info, you'll find it at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Well, let's grab a cup of coffee and then meet right back here by the fire because Master Chef John Bonnell is a guy that can successfully pursue that elk, process, and place on the table. He's coming up next. Hi, I'm Frank Gerstenkorn. I have guns and gear in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Finest little gun shop in the West. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. If you ever stop just once in West Texas at the very unique Herdware store and visit with the very unique Cecil Miskin, you'll make it a regular stop every time you pass by. We are on US-287, which is one of the oldest and most major U.S. highways still. We are 40 miles south and east of Amarillo. H-E-R-D, Herdware Store. We've got bison leather goods, vests, chaps, dusters, and bison hide coats, bison leather belts and wallets, bison leather shoes, art. We've got western artifacts. We've got native artifacts. The only way we can describe it is all things bison. If you're not interested in bison, don't stop. If you're interested in bison, come on and plan on spending 15 minutes to two hours and enjoy yourself. The only rule that we have in the store, and we've had it for many years, and we've only had one person ever break our rule, is if you're not having fun, we're going to ask you to leave. The most unique stop between the Gulf and the Pacific, Cecil Miskin and the Herdware Store. Herdware.net. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carib Sea Sport Fishing, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Carib Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. Catchafishincostarica.com. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit kinderoutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. The Wild Sheep Foundation. Our purpose sounds simple, to put and keep wild sheep on the mountain. But from where we stand to the top of the mountain is a challenging and exciting journey. To be successful, we support the top scientific minds in wildlife research. We tell the story and history of the wild sheep in North America to those around us, like you. And step by step, we protect and grow wild sheep populations. If not for the Wild Sheep Foundation, more than $115 million in care, concern, and conservation work would not have happened over the past 40 years. Important work that has seen our wild sheep populations grow from 25,000 or so in the 1950s to more than 85,000 today. 
Learn more about the worldwide leader in wild sheep conservation. Secure a membership. Attend a banquet. Bid on an auction item. Make an impact on top of the mountain. WildSheepFoundation.org Freedom Hunters. They say thank you to our very bravest and finest in a very special way. Uh, We're a 501c3 military outreach program. We take servicemen and their families out on outdoor ventures, mainly hunting, fishing, shooting trips all around the country and internationally, too. These trips are more than a thank you and a good time, far more. It invigorates them. The healing comes out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I started it just as a thank you, as a give back. I had no idea the therapeutic value of these hunts. I mean, it, it just it changes them. You can see it in their eyes. When they show up at camp, they're quiet and, and reserved. By the end of, end of camp, they're opened up and, uh, you know, chatting with other veterans. It's amazing. You can go on our website. We've got a donation button or just email us and say, hey, here's the opportunity. We'll fit a vet into that opportunity, whatever it is. Freedomhunters.org. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Smells like fish in here, and we're proud of it. Welcome to camp at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. Thanks so much for hanging out around our campfire located here at the Vineyards Campground and Cabins on beautiful Grapevine Lake, Texas. No matter how you listen, AM, FM, Sirius XM, podcast, broadcast, carrier pigeon, word of mouth, doesn't matter. We love to hear from you. If you would, drop us a note at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Let us know where you are and how you listen. We greatly appreciate you taking a minute to do that. Thank you. You know, if you can cook, you get invited on all the great outings, all the great hunts and fishing trips. Master Chef John Bonnell is our camp cook, and I bet you can vouch for that. That's true, right, John? That's absolutely (laughs) true. (laughs) The guy that can cook, and the guy that has all the equipment always get to go on the great hunts with everybody. Hey, John Bonnell, welcome back. How are things at your string of restaurants? I, I couldn't be happier. I'm as busy as I could be, and that's the way I like it, brother. I know you do. Uh, when you're not in a kitchen, you're running a marathon somewhere or an Ironman competition or, or helping others with benefits, and uh, you live a very busy life. Uh, I want to talk to you about one of your favorite topics today, and that's elk. Uh, and you're going to help yes, us bring that, that elk to the table. But first and foremost, 
I want to recall a hunting story. Uh, you killed an elk in Texas. A lot of people are raising an eyebrow to that right now because they don't know that we have a healthy elk herd in Texas, and yeah, you did I've it with a, a pistol. A, a, yep, I've got a Remington XP uh, 100 with a, a 7-millimeter bench rest is the chamber there, and I feel pretty good out to about 150 yards with it. So my brother and I got out in the Davis Mountains of West Texas where we have wild, free-roaming, no-fence, real-deal elk, and uh, sure enough, we got one bugled in to just a close enough range and managed to haul one down with a pistol, which was a pretty pretty fun day for me and my brother. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, people raise an eyebrow to that elk in Texas. There are elk in a lot of places now where there weren't at one time. But elk are actually native to Texas, and this herd, uh, I guess, traverses back and forth New Mexico to the alpine area of Texas. They do. Uh, technically, ours don't really need to migrate. They just kind of hang around. The ranchers all but wiped them out back in the day because they competed with the cattle grazing. But after a while, a lot of guys realized, you know, elk aren't so bad to have around after all. So there's been a big rebound uh, since the 80s, and there's there's quite a few herds. We, we've seen herds of uh, up to 200 animals right outside Alpine. Isn't that amazing? It's just so cool to see that. Uh, that pistol shot, at what distance did you kill your elk? About 130 yards. Okay, so he was out there pretty good, uh, a pretty good poke. What a hunt. That's a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, after we bring that elk down, like you said, just like our axis deer, like good beef, uh, there's nothing better on the table. Talk to us about a recipe that the common Joe, a guy like me, uh, can can do in camp and make everybody happy. You bet. Now, everybody knows what to do with your back straps. It's easy when you use the glory cut, but there's a lot of elk besides that when you're talking meat. One of my favorites to do when you're talking the leg meat, when you've got some kind of a big, huge piece, Elk makes an incredible pot roast, and we've got one we call the Sunday Slow Roast because it's the kind of dish you can start before church and it's ready by dinner. You take a big, uh, I would I would typically say three and a half to four and a half pound roast of elk, something from a back leg, uh, brown it on all sides, season with salt and pepper, and then we go into either a Dutch oven or a crock pot, something with a good lid that you can cook low and slow, and we fill that with onions, carrots, celery, garlic, lots of aromatics, some herbs, one cup of coffee, one cup of red wine, put the lid on and cook it low and slow for about six hours. And, man, when it starts falling apart tender, it's one of the most flavorful, greatest things ever. Man, and that is pretty simple to do in, in any trailer that you've got parked with a crock pot in it out on your uh, elk country or in the high country or right there in a tent camp. Uh, fire up you the generator and get the crock pot going. Absolutely. Or if you're on the campfire, it's pretty easy to get your Dutch oven going, throw some coals underneath it, take off on your hike or your hunt for the day, and when you come back, pull the lid and see what you got. If you want to make a full meal out of it, throw some potatoes in for the last hour, and it'll help soak up those juices, and you got an entire thing there. Oh, wow. Boy, that sounds really, really good. And then you can customize from there any way you, you want to go. Lots of things you can do with that. That's a pretty versatile recipe. That's good. You better uh, season it any way you want. Let's talk about that backstrap because I think it would be uh, God wouldn't be happy if we didn't talk about the backstrap from an elk and how to eat it. <laughs> Absolutely. I like to cut them into about uh, three-quarter inch thick medallions. A nice, it, it's got a good size to it, but it's, it's not too hard to cook right. Either cast iron or a really hot grill. I'm going with real high heat, seasoned with salt and pepper at a minimum, if you want to go more complex with seasonings, that's great. Season it, give it just a light coating of oil, 
kiss it on each side with cast, on the cast iron, maybe a minute each side at most. Don't go past medium rare. It's incredibly flavorful, juicy, tender, from rare to medium rare. But once you get to medium and farther, it dries up in a hurry. So don't go too far, and you've got one of the most delicate, tenderest, most flavorful pieces of game you will ever try with an elk backstrap. You know, I think when people, uh, and you and I hear it from people a lot, boy, I just don't like wild game, that gamey flavor. I, I would just bet that that person has had an overcooked piece of meat, whether that be a white-tailed deer or whatever. Absolutely, and a lot of it comes from how you treat it in the field. Imagine if you went out with with your shotgun and shot the biggest, oldest bull cow you could find and then took it to your garage and, you know, uh, let it sit for a few hours, let the flies get after it, cut it up, and then try to cook it. It's probably going to taste like you thought your venison tasted last time. <laughs> Treat it with care. Give it the, the respect it deserves. Game meats can be really, really tasty and something your whole family and friends will like, too. You bet, and so healthy, too. Get them clean and cold as fast as possible, no matter if you're a squirrel hunter or you're hunting elk in the high country. John, as always, we uh, appreciate your expertise and your willingness to share your recipes. You don't keep anything a secret. I don't have no secrets in my kitchen. If you email us at bonnellsrestaurant.com, I'll give you any and every recipe I've got, one at a time, whatever you like. We just send them to you in word format. If you want to buy a cookbook, I'm happy to sell you one of our three, but if you just need a recipe, I give it to you for free. Not a problem. And, of course, if you live uh, around uh, anywhere in North Texas or you're going to be visiting Fort Worth, Texas, John has some great restaurants. Tell us. We've got four restaurants in Fort Worth. Bonnell's is our original. Bonnell's Fine Texas Cuisine. That's a farm-to-table with lots of different uh, game on the menu. We've got quail and buffalo and elk and lots of good redfish, Texas seafood as well. Waters Restaurant is in Sundance Square, and that's heavily focused on the seafood with a big raw bar. And we've got two sports bars, one's at TCU and one is in Sundance Square. They're both called Buffalo Bros, Pizza Wings and Subs. John, we'll see you in camp. Thanks so much. Thank you, Billy. This guy up in Oregon, uh, Walker Erickson, 28 years old, of Pendleton, Oregon, he went about elk season the wrong way. He recently pled guilty to 22 charges, including illegally killing deer and elk leaving game animals to waste, and trespassing. Sentencing included $15,000 for a 7x7 bull elk, fifteen dollars for a 6x5 bull elk, $7,500 for a 4x4 mule deer buck. In addition, Erickson will serve 14 days in jail during elk season for the next three years. Jay Hall is a wildlife anti-poaching resource prosecutor. Up in Oregon, Jay says elk season is now jail season for Walker Erickson. A total of $75,000 in fines, jail time, and forfeiting of his rifle and bow. You know, it's a whole lot cheaper just to do it right. (laughs) Just to do it legally, for crying out loud. Next weekend, we're going crappie fishing. We're going to be in Birmingham, Alabama at the Mr. Crappie Classic, the world's richest crappie tournament, and uh, the Crappie Expo located in the convention center there in Birmingham. This is a pan fish party like you've never seen. Fifth annual Mr. Crappie Classic and Crappie Expo, Birmingham, Alabama, next weekend. I hope you can make it out. All the details are at kinderoutdoors.com. 
K-I-N-D-E-R. Check it out. Come on out. Have a good time with us in Birmingham next weekend. If you can't be there, join us here on the show. Quail Coalition, the backbone for the important work and research that brings brighter days for our quails and the people that love them. With 12 chapters throughout Texas, there's ample opportunity for you to join the celebration. The money raised in our chapter banquets goes to various research projects conducted by folks like the Rolling Plains Quail Research Ranch in West Texas, Caesar Kleberg Wildlife Research Institute in South Texas and all that pursue productive science-based work that sustains and restores wild quail populations. If you've ever followed your trusted bird dog into a setting December sun or listened from the porch to the summer song of the bobwhite, then you know just how special this bird is. Populations have declined drastically across the U.S., and the last stronghold is Texas. Come and join the Quail Coalition. Attend a banquet. Bid at an auction. Be important to quail. Quailcoalition.org. Hey, crappie fans. If you love crappie fishing, Crappie Expo, Branson, Missouri, October the 20th through the 22nd. More than 100 exhibitors. It's all crappie. Get the latest and greatest. Also, the world's largest crappie fry, hush puppies and taters. Mmm, Pro crappie teams fishing for over $300,000. Meet the pros, seminars and concerts daily. Giving away $10,000 on Friday and again on Saturday. Cash is king. That man's crazy. CrappieExpo.com. CrappieExpo.com. Marksman Firearms and Outfitters' mission is to guide and educate customers, whether they're new to firearms or experienced, skilled shooters. They take the time to teach you which guns will properly suit your needs, as well as how to care for them to ensure the longevity and quality of your firearm. At Marksman, they believe every customer deserves a place to go that offers the largest variety at reasonable prices with staff that's truly knowledgeable and always puts the customer first. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. Life is better outdoors. Relax and find your space at the beautiful vineyards, campground, and cabins on Grapevine Lake. Well known for its peaceful setting, lovely grounds, lakefront views, and accommodating Texas-friendly staff. Our full hookup sites can accommodate all bus or RV sizes and offer 50-amp service, many spacious pull-throughs, cable TV, and lightning-fast Wi-Fi. Our fully furnished cabins make it easy to feel miles away without actually roughing it. Enjoy a partially shaded private beach, large playground, fishing pier, water sport rentals, hiking trails, and more. The on-site camp store offers a wide selection of camping supplies, groceries, and gifts. Our landmark pavilion is perfect for your next reunion, rally, or wedding. You'll feel miles away from everything when you're only minutes from anything. Check out historic downtown Grapevine with various entertainment venues, large festivals and events, restaurants, wineries, shopping, and the new world-class Harvest Hall. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com Ag Texas. The name itself says trust, honesty, strength, and tradition. Ag Texas has from the get-go been dedicated to the prosperity of agriculture and rural America. The Ag Texas family can help grow your herd or your operation. Give us a call and talk to Ag Texas pros about risk management in the form of crop insurance, protecting borrowed capital and savings. We specialize in everything from dairy cows to pecan trees and have the right financial tools and knowledge at Ag Texas to help you grow and grow safely. 
We can't tell you when it's going to rain again, but we can assure that your crop, your cows, your family, and the family land are secure and protected no matter the storm or the dry spell. We are agriculture at Ag Texas, and we look forward to visiting with you. Ag Texas is at agtexas.com and just down the road. Smells like fish in here, and we're proud of it. Welcome to camp at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, we can't talk elk hunting on this show without a visit from our big game guy. He's a wildlife biologist, terrific hunter, and a great guy. My friend Larry Wysoon, Mr. Whitetail. Welcome back, Larry. It is such a pleasure. It is our time of the year, Mr. Kinder. Can you believe it? I know. I know. Even though, you know, it's been 108, 110 <laughs> every day, we've been inching towards a better time of year. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> How have you handled this summer? What have you done about that? Here about oh, two weeks ago, I got to spend some time over in California hunting Colombian blacktail in the Steinbeck Vineyard, which is kind of like hunting wide cornrows with a lots of deer, too many deer at times, but had an absolutely fantastic time there and was able to take an open tier buck that we found bedded, and I sat up and waited for him for about an hour and a half for him to get up, and finally stood up, and I was able to get a shot. But absolutely great country, great food, great people, and uh, was there with Linda Powell primarily with Mossberg uh, Firearms and just had an absolute blast. And, you know, now getting ready for all the rest of the hunting seasons that are coming up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a fabulous trip and a fabulous place to uh, to go. Um, and I'm sure you recommend that highly. Folks can uh, get get an opportunity. You, you know, a lot of people have taken California off their list. They're almost scared to go there and hunt. Still a great place. It it really is. And uh, in this instance, this particular place has been in their family. I think is the seventh generation. Most of the places put up high fences to keep the deer out. The Steinbeck family, which is not related to uh, John Steinbeck, the uh, author of many years ago, but. These folks absolutely love hunting. They love the outdoors and they love deer. And as a result of that, they tolerate having about 200 deer on 500 acres that eat probably half a million dollars worth of grapevines each year. So, you know, they're, they're, you talk about somebody being committed to a wildlife program. That's about as committed as anything I've ever heard of or ever run into. I guess so. You know, uh, the old elk are starting to bugle uh, up in the high country oh, yes. now. <laughs> what do you oh, remember? When you know you're a Texas boy, grew up on the on these white tails here in Texas. But what do you uh, recall about elk hunting? What are your earliest memories of hunting elk? Well, my earliest memories are of uh, my dad's first cousin showing up at our house with a rack that was at the time I was a little kid was taller than I was, and even though I was a little chubby at the time, I think it was ever been as massive. And he started telling the story about going up to the North Country and to the High Country, and he'd start describing the bugling of elk. And I mean, I, the first time he did it, even just which was a poor imitation, I remember the hair on the back of my neck standing up and going, "One of these days." And thankfully, uh-huh. through the grace of the good Lord and, and uh, you know, really good wildlife management programs, I had an opportunity to do that a few years later. And my first opportunity on elk was really just to go up and listen to them. 
I was working for the Texas Parks and Wild Department and really didn't have the money nor the time to be able to actually hunt, but I'd met some of the New Mexico game wardens and they invited me to come out for a couple of days. I remember going to the UU Bar Ranch with them and listening to the elk and absolutely falling in love and with the sound that they made. And then, of course, we got them, having gotten an old, uh, old buddy of both of ours, Jim Zumbo, Jim started doing some elk calling and he'd tell me about it. And uh, next thing I know, I got an opportunity to hunt Colorado and uh, in the very north country. And it was a time frame when they were just about quitting bugling, but I can remember sitting upon those ridges and, and trying to imitate those bugles, and of course they didn't come, but uh, learned about cow calling at that time frame too, so uh, those are some of the first memories, and then I've had the opportunity to hunt elk oh, all the way up into the uh, Prophet Musquire area up in British Columbia, all the way down into uh, into Texas, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've hunted our Texas herd. A lot of people would be shocked to know that we even have any elk, but out around Alpine and and up towards uh, New Mexico, we have a, a naturally occurring herd. We we do we do we're we're very blessed in here. Of course, here in Texas, they're considered exotics. They're not a game animal, and there's I, I'm sure there's several reasons there for that. And I think it goes back to some of the things dealing with desert bighorn sheep introductions, but. I can remember, I can tell you the biggest bull elk I've ever seen anywhere. I was hunting antelope out west of Marathon in Texas and driving up to this little thicket that was, oh my gosh, maybe a hundred, 150 feet in diameter and maybe uh, about, or about, uh, yeah, about 150 feet in diameter and saw the tips of these antlers sticking out of this brush and this bull stands up finally. And if anybody's into Boone and Crockett scorn type things, this was a basic, seven by seven with a bunch of kickers and there's no doubt this bull would have scored over 400 and he was down there in this little pocket of brush which should have been antelope country wow you just never know never know what you're going to come across <laughs> you got to get outside you got to go <laughs> yes, you know do. elk are such a rewarding hunt because not only are you going to typically work pretty hard uh to get that rascal from your dreams to your freezer uh, but once you get him to that freezer and then the table, it's pretty good, pretty good chewing. <laughs> you know what? It, it really is. Uh, anybody that's ever had any elk meat or venison will come to the realization very quickly that it's some of the finest venison and the best tasting there is. And of course, we've been very fortunate. We our elk herds are expanding a lot of different places, even as I mentioned in Texas, and and they, there may not be opportunities sometimes to hunt for those extremely huge bulls with big antlers because of the, the extended drawing seasons that we have now, or how long it takes to draw. But I'll tell you what, a cow elk is. Uh, there's a lot of places you can go hunt cow elk, or even just a, a bull and. You're in some of the most beautiful country there is. You're there at a time when those elk probably are still bugling, or they are bugling, and it is just the, the overall experience. And then when you get that animal down, it takes a little bit to get them out, but once you get them out, oh, my gosh, you're in for some table fare that oh, goes beyond just about anything you can think of when it comes to eating. Yeah, those cow, uh, cow elk that you mentioned, Larry, I don't know who was first to say it, but you can't eat antlers. And uh, you get to the table, it doesn't really matter, does it? That, that takes no, precedence. <laughs> hey, let's let's talk about uh, some early season tactics. It's been really hot, not only in Texas, but up, you know, through Rocky Mountain country as well. They've had their share of hot weather. Um, so if you're on that early season hunt, 
What are you going to be focusing on? What are you going to be doing? I have I have been there, and so of course, if they're bugling, that's one thing. But also, the water is a premium throughout the West right now, and so anytime you can find a water hole, start looking for elk tracks. And then too, these bulls are wallowing right now. So, what I like to do is find one of those ponds that's got a, you know kind of a tail to it that may come in a little ravine and kind of thing. If you walk back in there, generally you can find where those bulls have been been wallowing and just kind of set up around those uh, those water holes. The, the beauty of that is, is the chances are you're going to have a really good chance of an elk, but you may also see a black bear come in because they come to water in the afternoon generally and, and then mule deer. But to me right now, this early season, is you, the early part of it is to concentrate around where you know they're elk, but then to find those water holes. And then if, you, you want, if you're into calling, maybe do a little cow calling here and there and uh, see what happens because there's a good chance you'll probably bring in a bull or you'll maybe bring in the entire herd. Yeah, and if not, at least you'll have a drink of water. So, (laughs) (laughs) Larry, what have you got coming up that you're uh, kind of excited about? You've been doing this a long time and in very special places all around the world. What gets you fired up? Uh, uh, Oh, my gosh. I found a black bear on the Choctaw uh, hunting lodge that's owned by the uh, Choctaw Nation there in Oklahoma in uh, the first part of of October, and then hunting... uh, White-tailed deer scattered around in Texas, but I'm going to get to go to Missouri as well, too, and, and then I'll go back to Oklahoma and uh, going back up to Alberta with Ron Nemechek with uh, North River Outfitting, where I've hunted up there in the past for uh, white-tailed deer, and I was very fortunate to take some really good white-tail, and the last time I was up there, I saw so many yearling bucks, and they ought to be about a four-year-old, three-year-old deer right now, so can't wait to get back up there and then just... You know, getting to spend some time around campfires with guys like you, and, and uh, that, that to me is always truly special. Yes, it is. Take care of yourself, and uh, we'll see you up and down the road somewhere soon. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Hunters and fishermen are the backbone of conservation. Because you participate in the outdoors, our fish and wildlife and the places they inhabit flourish. Thank you from all of us in the camp house at Kinder Outdoors. My friends at Purina Pro Plan are thinking about your dog's good health even when you're not. That's their job, is to make your dog healthier. As a matter of fact, if you'll make the switch from whatever you're feeding now to the ProPlan formula that best suits your dog, and just keep an eye on them. Take pictures. You're going to see a healthier dog in just a couple of weeks. It's happened time after time after time. I've seen it myself too many times not to know. ProPlan is the absolute best fuel you can give your dog. Lap dog, working dog, big dog, little dog, young dog, old dog, doesn't matter. There's a pro plan formula specifically built for your dog. And you'll find all those great formulas at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. We're doing a little elk chasing on the show today. And a guy that's done a lot of that uh, in his life is my good buddy, my bird, bird dog pal, Pete Delkus, the weatherman. Pete, you and I have had this conversation several times through the years that 
one of the things we love most about our outdoor adventures, hunting, fishing, trips into the mountains, trips down to the stream or out on the lake, are the beauty of God's creation, just being in his nature. is such a wonderful and, and appreciated thing. And some critters live in prettier places than others, like trout. We've talked about trout before. Trout don't live in ugly places. And elk, another one that most times you're going to find in a beautiful spot, like up in the mountains. Oh, it is. I tell you what, and wh- whether you go, uh, you know, in the southern Rockies, the central or the northern Rockies, I mean, it is all gorgeous country. Yeah, it absolutely is. Do you have an elk hunt, one of your elk hunts that you can remember that really kind of stands out in your memory? Well, my first one that I that I took really stands out. It was um, it was a, a deal that I booked through Cabela's. I didn't know where to go or what to do, and you know I trust Cabela's, and so I booked a hunt through them. And it was in the Bighorn Mountains of Wyoming, mm-hmm. and it was it, it was it was a great trip. I, I flew out there, and the only problem was you know you get out there to this this gorgeous country where they don't allow any motorized vehicles on this hundred and some thousand acre ranch, and uh, it was a horseback hunt. So we leave early that morning, you know, where we've got like an hour and a half ride in the dark. It was just gorgeous, crystal clear, cool morning. And I get out there, and within the first hour of daylight, I shot my elk. No kidding, man. That's fairy tale stuff. Was it September? Were they bugling? It, 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 it was October, early October. They were still bugling a little bit, but it was this, this large herd on this uh, private ranch. And, uh, you know, it was awesome. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you go, you hunt, and, uh, you know, hunts after that, you go and you, you have a hard time shooting anything, right. let alone a nice trophy. So, you know, I'm certainly happy to shoot it on the first hour of the first day. But then I had, you know, six more days of, of nothing to do. I just wanted to be a, a wrangler for the rest of the week there, and help yeah. out and hang out yeah. in camp. Hey, can I shoot another one, guys? I've got time here. So tell me about this. Uh, the, the, how far was your shot? How big was your elk? Tell me about it. It was it was a non-typical, and I didn't realize it at the time. Still real happy with it. It scored just a little over 300, so it was real nice elk. It's hanging up in my game room, and uh, uh, we 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 crested this hill because we could hear the elk uh, bugling. So we crested this hill, and we got we were hiding in the uh, in the trees, and we just sat there for almost an hour waiting. You know, just looking this herd over, trying to pick out the right one. So I I, I gotta say there wasn't a whole lot of hunting involved in this. Um, the guy just put me in the right place at the right time. He had done all the legwork. I guess he had that uh, elk maybe tied to a tree and waiting on you or something, huh? I don't know that it was tied. It wasn't tied and it didn't have a tag in its ear. I can tell you that when I shot it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Bassmaster has announced the 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series schedule. And for the first time in several years, first time since 2018, uh, the Bassmaster Elite Series will not kick off the season in Florida. Instead, it'll be the Texas-Louisiana border, February 22 through the 25th on Toledo Bend Reservoir. It'll be a nine-tournament schedule in 2024, spanning six states and visiting fisheries that have ranked among the very best in the United States recently and historically. This is going to be a fun year. From Toledo Bend, the elites will travel just west to another one of the nation's big bass capitals, Lake Fork. Then, a short pause for the Bassmaster Classic in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Grand Lake, March 22, 23, and 24. And then it's off to the Sunshine State for the Bassmaster Elite 
annual swing with tournaments on the Harris Chain of Lakes, April 11, 12, 13, 14, and in Palatka, Florida on the St. Johns River, April 18 through 21. Then it's up north to South Carolina, a return to Lake Murray. Drew Benton caught 87 pounds for the victory there this year. Move it over to Alabama after that. Wheeler Lake in Decatur, Alabama, June 13 through 16. And then Lewis Smith Lake in Coleman, Alabama, June 27 through 30. The elites will wrap it up again in New York, Lake Champlain, August 8, 9, 10, 11, and the St. Lawrence River, August 15 through 18. Details at kinderoutdoors.com. I guarantee you there's a pro plan formula that will make your dog healthier. Pick out the pro plan that best fits your dog. At Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores, they're in Oklahoma and Arkansas, Texas, Missouri, and Kansas. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Hey, everybody, it's Colorado Buck. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hey, Billy, where, where in the world did he go? When that buck of a lifetime finally shows himself and your years of preparation successfully collide with golden opportunity, you'll want to preserve that memory for a lifetime. Make sure that you're as well prepared for what happens after the shot as you were leading up to it. Don't take chances with your taxidermy work. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas have taken care of my fondest outdoor memories for more than three decades. Fish, fur, feathers, all meticulously brought to true life. The finest details matter to Roy and the artist at True Life, Granbury. True Life has been called upon to handle the precious memories of hunters and anglers from around the globe. Interstate and international trophy transport is turnkey with True Life, and they can handle all of your wild game meat processing as well. True Life Taxidermy, 4303 East Highway 377 in Granbury, Texas. And online at truelifetaxidermy.org. After Red Stick 1, outdoor author Ken Kirkaby's sequel, Red Stick 2, is a must-read. Virgil Clary is sent to South America, where he uses his unique tracking skills to find an American engineer abducted by revolutionaries. Kirkus Reviews says, Assured writing, a locomotive plot, and nonstop suspenseful action in a series that shows no signs of slowing down. Ken Kirkaby is an outdoor writer that truly lives the outdoors, and his books are all available on Amazon. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit kinderoutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. Hi, I'm Corey Mason, CEO for DSC, inviting you to the 2024 DSC Convention and Sporting Expo. Again, we will be at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 11th through the 14th. This celebration of conservation, education, and advocacy work is enjoyed by outdoors men and outdoors women from around the globe. Do you want to hunt Alaska, Africa, Scotland, or even just down the road from home? The DSC Convention and Sporting Expo will feature outfitters from every spot you can dream of. Fine art, clothing, 
jewelry, gear, and terrific opportunities await you and your family this January in Dallas. Nightly banquets, fabulous auctions both in person and online, raffles for dream trips and gear, the 2024 DSE Convention and Sporting Expo at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas, January 11th through the 14th. Get more details about the auctions, banquets, hotels, and more at BigGame.org. From the deck of your private cabin overlooking the confluence of the famous White and Norfolk Rivers at Norfolk Resort Trout Dock, you can see crystal clear running waters that hold one of the world's greatest populations of rainbow and brown trout. In fact, this is the home of world record trout. You might be distracted, though, by the beautiful rolling Ozark Mountains that hold you during your stay. Just up the road a few miles is incredible bass fishing for largemouth, smallmouth, and spots. You'll find the best guides in the business at Norfolk Resort, and your boat is just a short walk from your cabin. Your guide will find a gravel shoal perfect for preparing a hot shore lunch with fresh-caught trout and all the trimmings. You'll think about a nap after lunch, but there's more fish to catch and river to explore before retiring to your fully furnished riverside hideaway. Sound good? Of course it does. Norfolk Resort Trout Dock in Norfolk, Arkansas. NorfolkResort.com From the salty coastline breeze in Florida to the crashing shores of the great Northwest and all prairies, woods, and waters in between, Kinder Outdoors is there. Purina Pro Plan formulas are at Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores. Atwoods Stores are in Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. And they are quite an experience. I love, I love Atwoods. They've got everything I need from deer corn to zero-turn mowers, chickens, fencing goods, tools, a pair of blue jeans, whatever you need. They've got it at Atwoods. They've even got a fishing pole in most stores. And for sure, they have Purina Pro Plan dog fuel, the very best fuel you can give your dog. All those great formulas are at Atwoods Ranch and Home Stores. Pick up a bag for your champ today along with some chicken feed. <laughs> I've invited Corey Mason, the CEO of DSC, to join me. Dallas Safari Club is in Dallas this coming January, and then it's off to Atlanta, Georgia, for a few years uh, while they renovate the convention center in Dallas. Corey, good to have you back with me. I always enjoy our visits. Good to be with you, Billy. Have you caught any crappie lately? I'm a little embarrassed to give you the answer. Uh-oh. Hey, I told you a long time ago, it's a big job. Don't let it get in the way of the fishing pole. You know, I have let work get in the way of getting outdoors. I'm embarrassed, but I'm hoping to change that in the coming days. Fall's coming right around the corner. Do you have big plans? You know, I have a couple of trips. I have a Colorado elk hunt with my dad in October. Oh, how cool is that with your dad? I'm super excited for that. And uh, I have hopefully several dates in the field with my daughter taking her deer hunting. Yeah, I know that's been that's been your Hunting and fishing over the past number of years has been watching uh, Kate grow up in, in your footsteps, and I'm with you. I get it, man. That's It just doesn't get any better than that. And I want to talk to you a little bit about um, conservation, uh, the youth coming up in our footsteps. Um, maybe it's 
folks that are fighting against what we do every day. What concerns you as you sit back in your chair at the end of the day? What's on top of your mind? Boy, this really bugs me. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that question. It's one of those things that I sort of sit with a lot as I travel. And, you know, you, so when, you're, when you're alone with your thoughts, it's those challenges that we face, you know. And some of those that I think probably really sit on me most heaviest are when we have decision makers at the state and most specifically at the federal level right now that are making policy decisions that are not based on good information, good science, and that are not being directed by the stakeholders, meaning it's not the conservation community or those that are actually managing wildlife or participating in conservation efforts. Rather, it's a, it's a very silent or very vocal minority, I should say, rather, that they're sort of running from, unfortunately, and, it, and it's not involving the right people in the process. You know, I, and it seems to me like that problem is growing bigger and bigger, and they're getting louder and louder. Uh, through the years, we've watched things like grizzly bears and wolves and, and different situations like that that have been governed by emotion and totally ignoring state and federal science that's gone into to, uh, the keeping of these critters, keeping healthy numbers. You know, we've... We as an organization, DSC, we spend a lot of time in front of these policymakers and, and governing bodies like the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and some state game and fish commissions. And working with those organizations in the state-level DNRs, we've even seen this creep into the composition of commission members. And so there's a number of states out there that we're working with and the collective organization of the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies in which they're looking and trying to get basically some assistance because now they're seeing appointments from governors, etc., to wildlife commissions that are not supportive of sustainable use and legal regulated hunting. So this creep is becoming more than a creep. It's kind of a movement. And so DSC and some other organizations are really addressing that head on right now. Yeah. Hey, let me, let's talk about Africa for just a minute. There's a lot of uh, anti-hunting sentiment aimed at Africa. But I talk to people in Africa. I visit with outfitters. I talk with people over there often. They're, the people of Africa are not the ones that are fighting the hunting. Where are those people? Who are they? Yeah, that never comes from the rural indigenous people because they see the benefits. They see in those hunting countries that they comprise 80-plus percent of the elephant populations in the world. You know, they maintain the large carnivores in those countries because they have healthy ecosystems. Those voices that are opposed come from... Uh, major metropolitan areas in the United States, specifically Washington, D.C., California is a state. I hate to use a broad brush there, but state-level politics there are very negative against sustainable utilization and conservation efforts. And then much of the European Union is, is the same sentiment. They're very opposed to legal regulated hunting. Your daughter, my granddaughter, other kids that we are in contact with all the time, they have the same passion and love for what we do, our heritage that you and I had growing up. Uh, but we're not seeing as many kids get involved these days. Does that concern you? It certainly does. And it's one of those discussions that we have, again, with the game and fish agencies that have the opportunity, I think, to have the most direct and immediate impact on getting people outdoors. If it's the adult that has the opportunity then to mentor the youth outdoors, which sometimes those barriers can be real and or perceived, but if there's a barrier there to help, you know, move it, remove it. Um, but as well as the number of kids that are not participating in the out-of-doors. You know, you and I both make those individual impacts in taking kids that we know and certainly make sure that our, our young ladies that are around us that are getting outdoors. Uh, but, it's, but it is certainly concerning as we see license. You know, on the other end, we see a little bit of a diminishing number there. But on the other side, we see an increase in the number of 
uh, adult women that are getting outdoors. So that's super encouraging, you know. So there's, there are some positive steps there, too. Yeah, take a kid hunting with you. Take a neighbor kid hunting. Uh, don't be afraid to ask uh, someone's parents, hey, I'm going out dove hunting. Can, can I take your, your son or your daughter or your grand, grandchild along? More than likely, they'll appreciate it. Might, might even want to go, uh, go along with you. Um, I appreciate the good work Dallas Safari Club does and the foundation as well. What are some things that uh, DSCF is involved in right now uh, that, that's top of mind? You know, it's super exciting time right now for the foundation. So we just finished a fundraising event. But actually, Billy, we have our first uh, granting cycle uh, review for the year. So that's a super exciting time. So we get to go through as a grant committee, all of those that have been received, and we start looking at then mission allocation of dollars out. You know, we're gonna, where are we going to prioritize dollars to make the best conservation impact? So that's a super exciting time, and we get to put all those dollars that are raised right back out to mission fulfillment. Looking to raise some big dollars at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center coming up in January. People don't need to be confused. The DSC Convention and Sporting Expo is in Dallas this January. That's correct. In Dallas, January 11 through 14, and we look forward to seeing everybody there. Corey, always good to see you, buddy. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate it. This is a Kinder Outdoors Conservation Minute. A focus on people that make a difference. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not in the school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. Preserving what we love and educating the next generation every day. To learn more, visit us at KinderOutdoors.com. Hey, next weekend, Mr. Crappie Wally Marshall is going to co-host the show with me from Birmingham, Alabama, and the Crappie Expo. We're also going to be out on Logan Martin Lake for the Mr. Crappie Classic. First place team is going to take home $50,000. Richest crappie tournament on planet Earth next weekend outside of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and we hope you'll join us in person live at the Expo Center, the Convention Center in Birmingham. Join us here and on Facebook Live. You can uh, see the weigh-ins live from Lincoln Land- Lincoln's Landing and the takeoffs as well at uh, mrcroppy.com. A link to everything will be right here at kinderoutdoors.com. See you next weekend in Birmingham, Alabama at the Crappie Expo. Pigs, white-tailed deer, exotics, livestock. The pros at Tejas Ranch Fence have long-lasting answers. Fences today that we're building our wires have warranties of 20, 25 years, but the coatings that we're using on fences today are triple 
the protection of coatings that were used 25 years ago. Protect your investment with the very best. Learn more at TejasRanchFence.com. At Marksman Firearms and Outfitters, you'll find a huge selection of firearms, ammo, fishing tackle, including rods, reels, lures, baits, and every accessory you can imagine. Whether you buy, sell, or trade, Marksman's mission is to guide and educate their customers, whether they're new to firearms or experienced, skilled shooters. Visit one of their stores in Mansfield, Granbury, Killeen, or Wichita Falls. For more info, go to MarksmanFirearms.com. Make your mark at Marksman. When we're not on the road hunting or fishing America, Kinder Outdoors calls the Vineyards Campground and Cabins in Grapevine, Texas, home. It has everything I need to prepare and broadcast coast-to-coast and border-to-border each week. Full hookups, cable TV, and 50-amp service at every RV site. Strong Wi-Fi that's powerful enough to ship Kinder Outdoors to you, no matter where you are in the U.S. or Canada. Most importantly, I can walk out of my fifth wheel and launch my boat at the Vineyards Boat Ramp without ever leaving the gated property. There's a sandy beach, a fully stocked camp store complete with firewood, groceries, and even commonly needed RV supplies. Rent a golf cart to make your way around this giant park located on the shores of Grapevine Lake, Texas. Every single cabin and RV is lakefront or lake view, and you're just blocks away from Main Street Grapevine with fantastic shopping and dining. As you can imagine, the Vineyards Campground and Cabin stays pretty busy, so why don't you block a little time right now at VineyardsCampground.com. Freedom Hunters, they say thank you to our very bravest and finest in a very special way. Uh, We're a 501c3 military outreach program. We take servicemen and their families out on outdoor ventures, mainly hunting, fishing, shooting trips all around the country and internationally, too. These trips are more than a thank you and a good time, far more. It invigorates them. The healing comes out of it. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I started it just as a thank you, as a give back. I had no idea the therapeutic value of these hunts. I mean, it, it just it changes them. You can see it in their eyes. When they show up at camp, they're quiet and, and reserved. By the end of, end of camp, they're opened up and, uh, you know, chatting with other veterans. It's amazing. You can go on our website. We've got a donation button or just email us and say, hey, here's the opportunity. We'll fit a vet into that opportunity, whatever it is. Freedomhunters.org. You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. NASTRA sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his NASTRA championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and NASTRA's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. For the land of the free and the home of the brave. From high school gyms to towering stadiums, every time I see our flag wave, I feel a humbling reminder of the brave who keep and have kept us free. I stand to honor the sacrifices of the generations before me. 
Heroes who charged into battle through bombs and bullets, who lost their brothers and still pushed through, fighting for every inch of our freedom. I stand for my brothers who can't stand anymore, men who hunted terrorists to the ends of the earth, who sacrificed their bodies and their lives so that we could peacefully live ours. I stand for the children, the spouses, and parents whose family made the ultimate sacrifice for us. We are all standing. We're the National Rifle Association of America, and we are freedom's safest place. salty coastline breeze in Florida to the crashing shores of the great northwest and all prairies, woods, and waters in between, Kinder Outdoors is there. This is Kinder Outdoors, heard every week across the nation, uh, U.S. and Canada, and around the world on the World Wide Web. Podcast downloads available wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely free. Just tell them you want Kinder Outdoors. They'll send it your way. Each and every week at no charge. Not many deals like that around anymore, right? October 6 and 7 at the Gatesville, Texas Civic Center. The Texas Trappers and Fur Hunters Association is going to be getting together. They're going to have free seminars all weekend long. Wildlife managers, trappers, landowners, fur harvesters. A lot of instruction from across the nation offering free of charge. There's that free word again to the public. A diversified program of wildlife management techniques. Instructors will demonstrate effective methods to minimize damage from feral hogs, coyotes, bobcats, beaver, and a whole lot more. Included will be a field trip. They're going to take a field trip one day to a nearby ranch to demonstrate some of these techniques in person, applied in a natural setting, weather permitting, of course. Uh, This seminar will be held in conjunction with the Texas Trappers and Fur Hunters Association's Fall Rendezvous, and they would roll out the red carpet for you if you wanted to come down. October 6 and 7, Gatesville, Texas, at the Civic Center. More details, more info at kinderoutdoors.com. Master Chef John Bonnell, he's our camphouse cook here at Kinder Outdoors. He's also a heck of a hunter and shot a great big old elk in Texas with his pistol. A few years ago, I'm going to talk to him about that. John, you know what? If you cook, if you have skills in the kitchen, you get invited on all the great trips, all the great hunts, right? That's absolutely true. (laughs) The guy that can cook and the guy that has all the equipment always get to go on the great hunts with everybody. Hey, John Bonnell, welcome back. How are things at your string of restaurants? I, I couldn't be happier. I'm as busy as I could be, and that's the way I like it, brother. I know you do. Uh, when you're not in a kitchen, you're running a marathon somewhere or an Ironman competition or, or helping others with benefits, and uh, you live a very busy life. Uh, I want to talk to you about one of your favorite topics today, and that's elk, uh, and you're going to help yes, us bring that, that elk to the table. But first and foremost, I want to recall a hunting story. Uh, you killed an elk in Texas. A lot of people are raising an eyebrow to that right now because they don't know that we have a healthy elk herd in Texas, and yeah, you did I've it with a pistol. A, a, yep, I've got a Remington XP uh, 100 with a, 
Uh, seven millimeter bench rest is the chamber there, and I feel pretty good out to about 150 yards with it. So my brother and I got out in the Davis Mountains of West Texas where we have wild, free-roaming, no-fence, real-deal elk. And uh, sure enough, we got one bugled in to just a close enough range and managed to haul one down with a pistol, which was a pretty pretty fun day for me and my brother. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, people raise an eyebrow to that elk in Texas. There are elk in a lot of places now where there weren't at one time. But elk are actually native to Texas, and this herd, uh, I guess, traverses back and forth New Mexico to the alpine area of Texas. They do. Uh, technically, ours don't really need to migrate. They just kind of hang around. The ranchers all but wiped them out back in the day because they competed with the cattle grazing. But after a while, a lot of guys realized, you know, elk aren't so bad to have around after all. So there's been a big rebound uh, since the 80s, and there's there's quite a few herds. We, we've seen herds of uh, up to 200 animals right outside Alpine. Isn't that amazing? It's just so cool to see that. Uh, that pistol shot, at what distance did you kill your elk? About 130 yards. Okay, so he was out there pretty good, uh, a pretty good poke. What a hunt. That's a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, after we bring that elk down, like you said, just like our axis deer, like good beef, uh, there's nothing better on the table. Talk to us about a recipe that the common Joe, a guy like me, uh, can can do in camp and make everybody happy. You bet. Now, everybody knows what to do with your back straps. It's easy when you use the glory cut, but there's a lot of elk besides that when you're talking meat. One of my favorites to do when you're talking the leg meat, when you've got some kind of a big, huge piece, Elk makes an incredible pot roast, and we've got one we call the Sunday Slow Roast because it's the kind of dish you can start before church and it's ready by dinner. You take a big, uh, I would I would typically say three and a half to four and a half pound roast of elk, something from a back leg, uh, brown it on all sides, season with salt and pepper, and then we go into either a Dutch oven or a crock pot, something with a good lid that you can cook low and slow, and we fill that with onions, carrots, celery, garlic, lots of aromatics, some herbs, one cup of coffee, one cup of red wine, put the lid on and cook it low and slow for about six hours. And, man, when it starts falling apart tender, it's one of the most flavorful, greatest things ever. Man, and that is pretty simple to do in, in any trailer that you've got parked with a crock pot in it out on your uh, elk country or in the high country or right there in a tent camp. Uh, fire up you the generator and get the crock pot going. Absolutely. Or if you're on the campfire, it's pretty easy to get your Dutch oven going, throw some coals underneath it, take off on your hike or your hunt for the day, and when you come back, pull the lid and see what you got. If you want to make a full meal out of it, throw some potatoes in for the last hour, and it'll help soak up those juices, and you got an entire thing there. Oh, wow. Boy, that sounds really, really good. And then you can customize from there any way you, you want to go. Lots of things you can do with that. That's a pretty versatile recipe. That's good. You better, uh, you let's can season it any way you want. Let's talk about that backstrap because I think it would be uh, God wouldn't be happy if we didn't talk about the backstrap from an elk and how to eat it. <laughs> Absolutely, I like to cut them into about uh, three quarter inch thick medallions. A nice, it, it's got a good size to it, but it's it's not too hard to cook right. Either cast iron or a really hot grill. I'm going with real high heat, seasoned with salt and pepper at a minimum. If you want to go more complex with seasonings, that's great. Season it. Give it just a light coating of oil. Kiss it on each side with cap, on the cast iron, maybe a minute each side at most. Don't go past medium rare. It's incredibly flavorful, juicy, tender, from rare to medium rare. But once you get to medium and farther, it dries up in a hurry. So 
don't go too far, and you've got one of the most delicate, tenderest, most flavorful pieces of game you will ever try with an elk backstrap. You know, I think when people, uh, and you and I hear it from people a lot, boy, I just don't like wild game, that gamey flavor. I, I would just bet that that person has had an overcooked piece of meat, whether that be a white-tailed deer or whatever. Absolutely, and a lot of it comes from how you treat it in the field. Imagine if you went out with with your shotgun and shot the biggest, oldest bull cow you could find and then took it to your garage and, you know, uh, let it sit for a few hours, let the flies get after it, cut it up, and then tried to cook it. It's probably going to taste like you thought your venison tasted last time. <laughs> treat it with care. Give it the, the respect it deserves. Game meats can be really, really tasty and something your whole family and friends will like, too. You bet, and so healthy, too. Get them clean and cold as fast as possible, no matter if you're a squirrel hunter or you're hunting elk in the high country. John, as always, we uh, appreciate your expertise and your willingness to share your recipes. You don't keep anything a secret. I don't have no secrets in my kitchen. If you email us at bonnellsrestaurant.com, I'll give you any and every recipe I've got, one at a time, whatever you like. We just send them to you in word format. If you want to buy a cookbook, I'm happy to sell you one of our three, but if you just need a recipe, I give it to you for free, not a problem. And, of course, if you live uh, around uh, anywhere in North Texas or you're going to be visiting Fort Worth, Texas, John has some great restaurants. Tell us. We've got four restaurants in Fort Worth. Bonnell's is our original. Bonnell's Fine Texas Cuisine. That's a farm-to-table with lots of different uh, game on the menu. We've got quail and buffalo and elk and Lots of good redfish, Texas seafood as well. Waters Restaurant is in Sundance Square, and that's heavily focused on the seafood with a big raw bar. And we've got two sports bars. One's at TCU, and one is in Sundance Square. They're both called Buffalo Bros, Pizza Wings and Subs. John, we'll see you in camp. Thanks so much. Thank you, Billy. Jolly, that guy can cook. You should have his quail tacos. You can get those at Bonnell's. They are fabulous. I said fabulous and i don't throw that word around thank you john bonnell master chef john bonnell we're hunting elk on the show today and we're gonna do that with a guy with a lot of experience when we come back from the coffee pot our big game guy he's a wildlife biologist and an all-around good old boy my friend larry wysoon mr whitetail talking elk and early season hot weather tactics when we come back from the coffee pot Looking for a new boat? Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie here, inviting you to the Mr. Crappie Classic On the Water Boat Show at Lincoln's Landing in Lincoln, Alabama, September the 23rd, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Test drive the latest and greatest fishing and pleasure boats, plus marine and tackle manufacturers, food trucks, and music. Thanks, Bass Cat, Express, Camus, Sea Ark, and Vetchus Boats. Don't forget, Lincoln's Landing, September the 23rd, crappieexpo.com, crappieexpo.com. Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... 
the cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Get off the beach and into the action. Enjoy world-class Costa Rican sport fishing with Carib Sea Sport Fishing, Marlin, Sailfish, Roosterfish, and more. Inshore, offshore, overnight, seamounts. Carib Sea Sport Fishing will work with your group to customize the perfect trip. Half day, full day, every day. Your next getaway is the best ever. Take a look at catchafishincostarica.com. CatchAFishInCostaRica.com National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted in just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read, because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey... That's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests and... um, We like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six seven eight groups and we don't try to do it on 40 acres i mean these people get to walk they get to see some country joe and ann kirchival invite you to enjoy this free range ranch just northwest of san antonio visit joshuacreek.com The Kinder Outdoors Bragging Board is open for business. Send a picture and a brief description. KinderOutdoors.com This is Kinder Outdoors, and this is my dear friend Larry Wysoon. Welcome back, Larry. It is such a pleasure. It is our time of the year, Mr. Kinder. Can you believe it? I know. I know. Even though, you know, it's been 108, 110 <laughs> every day, we've been inching towards a better time of year. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> How have you handled this summer? What have you done about that? Here about oh, two weeks ago, I got to spend some time 
over in California hunting Colombian blacktail in the Steinbeck Vineyard, which is kind of like hunting wide cornrows with a lots of deer, too many deer at times, but had an absolutely fantastic time there and was able to take an old deer buck that we found bedded, and I sat up and waited for him for about an hour and a half for him to get up and finally stood up and I was able to get a shot. But absolutely great country, great food, great people, and uh, was there with Linda Powell primarily with Mossberg uh, Firearms and just had an absolute blast. And, you know, now getting ready for all the rest of the hunting seasons that are coming up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a fabulous trip and a fabulous place to uh, to go. Um, and I'm sure you recommend that highly. Folks can uh, get get an opportunity. You, you know, a lot of people have taken California off their list. They're almost scared to go there and hunt. Still a great place. It, it really is. And uh, in this instance, this particular place has been in their family. I think this is the seventh generation. Most of the places put up high fences to keep the deer out. The Steinbeck family, which is not related to uh, John Steinbeck, the uh, author of many years ago, but these folks absolutely love hunting. They love the outdoors, and they love deer. And as a result of that, they tolerate having about 200 deer on 500 acres that eat probably half a million dollars worth of grapevines each year. So, you know, they're, they're, you talk about somebody being committed to a wildlife program, that's about as committed as anything I've ever heard of or ever run into. I guess so. You know, uh, the old elk are starting to bugle uh, up in the high country oh, yes. now. <laughs> what do you oh, remember? When, you know, you're a, a Texas boy, grew up on the, on these white tails here in Texas, but what do you uh, recall about elk hunting? What are your earliest memories of hunting elk? Well, my earliest memories are of uh, my dad's first cousin showing up at our house with a rack that was, at the time I was a little kid, was taller than I was. And even though I was a little chubby at the time, I think it was ever been as massive. And he started telling the story about going up to the north country and to the high country. And he started describing the bugling of elk. And, I mean, I, the first time he did it, he just which was a poor imitation, I remember the hair on the back of my neck standing up and going, one of these days. And thankfully, <laughs> through the grace of the good Lord and, uh, you know, really good wildlife management programs, I had an opportunity to do that a few years later. And my first opportunity on elk was really just to go up and listen to them. I was working for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department and really didn't have the money nor the time to be able to actually hunt. But I'd met some of the New Mexico game wardens, and they invited me to come out for a couple of days. And I remember going to the UU Bar Ranch with them and listening to the elk and absolutely falling in love. And with the sound that they made, and then, of course, got them, having gotten an old, uh, an old buddy of both of ours, Jim Zumbo. Jim started doing some elk calling, and he could tell me about it. And uh, next thing I know, I got an opportunity to hunt Colorado in, uh, in the very north country, and it was a time frame when they were just about quitting bugling, but I can remember sitting upon those ridges and, and trying to imitate those bugles, and, of course, they didn't come, but... Uh, learned about cow calling at that time frame too. So uh, those are some of the first memories. And then I've had the opportunity to hunt elk oh, all the way up into the uh, Prophet Musquai area up in British Columbia, all the way down into uh, into Texas, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've hunted our Texas herd. A lot of people would be shocked to know that we even have any elk, but out around Alpine and and up towards uh, New Mexico, we have a, a naturally occurring herd. We we do we do we're we're very blessed in here. Of course, here in Texas, they're considered exotics. They're not a game animal, and there's I, I'm sure there's several reasons there for that. And I think it goes back to 
some of the things dealing with desert bighorn sheep introductions. But I can remember, I can tell you the biggest bull elk I've ever seen anywhere. I was hunting antelope out west of Marathon in Texas and driving up to this little thicket that was, oh my gosh, maybe a hundred, 150 feet in diameter and maybe, uh, about, or about, uh, yeah, about 150 feet in diameter and saw the tips of these antlers sticking out of this brush and this bull stands up finally. And if anybody's into Boone and Crockett scoring type things, this was a basic seven by seven with a bunch of kickers and there's no doubt this bull would have scored over 400. And he was down there in this little pocket of brush, which should have been antelope country. Wow. You just never know. Never know what you're going to come across. you got to get outside. you got to go. <laughs> yes, you know, elk are such a rewarding hunt because not only are you going to typically work pretty hard uh, to get that rascal from your dreams to your freezer, uh, but once you get him to that freezer and then the table, it's pretty good, pretty good chewing. <laughs> you know what? It, it really is. Uh, anybody that's ever had any elk meat or venison will come to the realization very quickly that it's some of the finest venison and the best tasting there is. And of course, we've been very fortunate. We've, our elk herds are expanding a lot of different places, even as I mentioned in Texas. And, and they, there may not be opportunities sometimes to hunt for those extremely huge bulls with big antlers because of the, the extended drawing seasons that we have now or how long it takes to draw. But, I'll tell you what, a cow elk is, uh, there's a lot of places you can go hunt cow elk or even a, just a, a bull. And if you're in some of the most beautiful country there is. You're there at a time when those elk probably are still bugling or they are bugling. And it is just the, the overall experience. And then when you get that animal down, it takes a little bit to get them out. But once you get them out, oh, my gosh, you're in for some table fare that's oh goes beyond just about anything you can think of when it comes to eating. Yeah, those cow uh, cow elk that you mentioned, Larry, I don't know who was first to say it, but you can't eat antlers. And uh, <laughs> you get to the table, it doesn't really matter, does it? That, that takes precedence. <laughs> hey, let's, let's talk about uh, some early season tactics. It's been really hot not only in Texas, but up, you know, through Rocky Mountain country as well. They've had their share of hot weather. Um, so if you're on that early season hunt, what are you going to be focusing on? What are you going to be doing? I have I have been there, and so, of course, if they're bugling, that's one thing. But also, water is a premium throughout the West right now. And so anytime you can find a water hole, start looking for elk tracks. And then, too, these bulls are wallowing right now. So what I like to do is find one of those ponds that's got, a, you know, kind of a tail to it that may come in a little ravine and kind of thing. If you walk back in there, generally you can find where those bulls have been been wallowing and just kind of set up around those uh those water holes the the beauty of that is is the chances are you're going to have a really good chance of an elk but you may also see a black bear come in because they come to water in the afternoon generally and and then mule deer but to me right now this early season is you the early part of it is to concentrate around where you know their elk but then to find those water holes and then if you you want if you're into calling maybe do a little cow calling here and there and uh, see what happens because there's a good chance you'll probably bring in a bull or you'll maybe bring in the entire herd. Yeah, and if not, at least you'll have a drink of water. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Larry, what have you got coming up that you're uh, kind of excited about? You've been doing this a long time and in very special places all around the world. What gets you fired up? Uh, uh, Oh, my gosh. I found a pink black bear on the Choctaw. A hunting lodge that's owned by the uh, Choctaw Nation there in Oklahoma in uh, the first part of 
of October and then hunting uh, white-tailed deer scattered around in Texas, but I'm going to get to go to Missouri as well, too, and, and I'll go back and hunt in Oklahoma and uh, going back up to Alberta with Ron Nemechek with uh, North River Outfitting, where I've hunted up there in the past for uh, white-tailed deer, and I was very fortunate to take some really good white-tail, and the last time I was up there, I saw so many yearling bucks, and they ought to be about a four-year-old, three-year-old deer right now, so can't wait to get back up there and then just... You know, getting to spend some time around campfires with guys like you, and, and uh, that, that to me is always truly special. Yes, it is. Take care of yourself, and uh, we'll see you up and down the road somewhere soon. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. I thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for this time we've had together and invite you back next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. <laughs>